1: Hello and welcome to Punching Out. I'm Ryan, joined today by Noah. Hey, y'all. Today, we're going to talk about the pattern of worker surveillance, which has always existed in one form or another, but seems to have been heightened during the pandemic and due to the um, increasing technological methods that employers have to uh, watch over what their workers are doing. Um, the impetus for this episode is um, a recent story um, – was reported by Vice. Um, It had been mentioned in other outlets, but Vice sort of honed in on this surveillance aspect. Um, They've made something of a beat of this um, issue, as you'll note over the course of this episode. Walmart announced that it was going to offer free phones to its retail workers. And, you know, these would be Samsung, you know, Android phones, and they'd be giving them out to all 740 of their, 740,000, excuse me, of their retail workers. Um, They call them associates. We are not obligated to do that. What these phones would have is Walmart's uh, new app for tracking everything those workers do. To quote the Vice article, if this sounds like a dystopian nightmare to you, then you are correct. Retail is a brutal job, and Walmart in particular can be an overwhelming place to work. The separation between work and life is important to maintain one's ability to do the job, and Walmart's free phones would obliterate that separation. So what were your first thoughts upon reading this? Well,
2: let's start with the fact that first of all, because even though smartphones have been trending into the quadruple digits for a while now, and we tend to think of smartphones as being like, you know the 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 yet you you criticize capitalism yet you are using an iPhone to do it. I am very intelligent kind of thing. We tend to think of these devices as being goodies, right? We tend to think of them as something that you have if you're rich and let's be clear, these are not tricked out phones that they're getting they're getting a four hundred and ninety nine Samsung phone which these day these days is a bare bones price okay so I want to start with that to. Say that even if you somehow believe that – even if you somehow fall for the headline of like, oh my god, Walmart is giving all of its workers free phones. Look at this great company.
1: And that's how it was framed in uh, a lot of outlets as though it was a response to something we've talked about on this show, the broader trend of employers having to find ways to encourage workers to work for them.
2: And apparently what they've decided to do instead – Well, I mean, they could already do this, but they basically just get the media to release, do their press releases for them. And that was the case here. So number one, the fact that the phone, they cheaped out on the phone. So let's start with that. Number two, uh, what's the app called? It's called like me at
1: Walmart or something. Yes. Yes. Me, at sign, Walmart. Um, Not to be confused with meet Walmart, which is a different thing. Yeah,
2: uh, the the thing they inject water into so they can charge you more. They admit that openly. Anyway, so first you've got an at sign in the middle of the app, already a problem. Second of all, the fact that they are monitoring, I I understand the value of having the app that uh, lets you kind of like log in, see your schedule, all this sort of thing. But when work gives you a device and says we're going to use this to see where you are we're going to use this to call you in we're going to use this for any sort of thing and we're going to track you and you basically don't really have a choice in the matter because you have to eat somehow but we'll let you use it as your personal device this thing that we are tracking that we have put all this software on that makes sure that uh, we can see where you are what you're doing at all times and in addition." They go, you know, you'll only uh, – we'll only lock you out of the personal stuff while you're at work. Um, like I don't know how – I guess what I'm where I'm going with this is it's evidence that companies don't even have to try anymore because I don't know what kind of rube you would have to be to work for Walmart and not see this for what it is. And I'm sure there are a bunch of people like that because there are in every workplace. But – it just seems particularly bald faced. Also right. part of me, um, I'm a bit rusty. I haven't been on in a few episodes, so I'll, <laughs> I'll tighten it up as we go
1: on. You're doing fine. The actual functionality of it, of it being a place where you can sort of clock into your work. Um, You know, my job has that. It, it's not like a works place specific app. It's a paychecks thing. Um, They, they rolled it out last year and like, that rollout was very rocky for a lot of the workers a lot of my coworkers who are you know older and not quite as technologically adept and and even i can't get the thing to work half the time it 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 does not want to respond to basic touch controls but i'm digressing this sort of thing you know they'll, they'll sell it as a convenience they will sell it as you know a benefit for workers but like vice and you pointed out you know, it, it's another way that they have a little bit more in on you. They have another way to get at you. I'm sure there is a way to uh, message workers through this app so that, you know, Hey, we need somebody to cover this shift. Uh, you know, what are you doing tonight? And when Donald Trump says
2: he's going to do things like that, you know, it, it hellfire and brimstone, but because this is a private employer, they're allowed to do it. I guess, um, At some point during this episode, you were probably going to do this, so I'll just get out in front of it and say, this is another theme that we have essayed on this show over and over again, which is that employers don't give you anything unless they can use it to spy on you, unless they can use it to surveil you. And when you take opportunities that they give you and use it to organize and have solidarity with your fellow workers, they will take those things away. But what I think they've realized is that in, the, in, in this new landscape that we have where you're being offered just whatever. And there's always you know a ton of fine print on it, but you're being offered whatever it is to just go back to a menial, terrible job so that the company can keep chugging along and your CEO can keep banking obscene amounts of money and then not paying taxes on any of it because that was the other big revelation this week. Um, the end result of all of that is that basically – walmart saw the chance to quote unquote look good while also instituting surveillance on its employees and i mean that's the kind of that that's a that's a double win you get the pr boon Mm -hmm. and you get to be even worse to your employees um I, i i think i'll end up getting more into sort of well let me put it this way in my job The way that surveillance this year has worked has been less through active means than removing things that we can do. So, for example, they took away our ability to clear our browser history. And on one browser, but not the others, they took away our ability to create private windows, which is a weird thing to only take out of one browser when you've installed three on the computer. But I digress. (laughs) And when they were asked about this, and there were a couple other things that I can't remember off the top of my head. But when we we asked about this, they said, we find that this is the best way to manage our growing fleet of devices. First of all, a fleet is made of ships. This is not a fleet. They don't move. Second of all, I asked more than one friend who works in IT, uh, people who work in IT in, in fact, the same kind of workplace I'm in. And they all went, yeah, that's BS. Which I knew it was, but it was still comforting to hear that back from, you know, technical experts in the field to go like, yeah, there is literally no need to do this. I think every employer saw the explosion of remote work and and saw the chance to say, all right, how can we adapt the the panopticon that remote work can be? We did an episode on that last year. Mm -hmm. How can we adapt it and keep it going when the employees come back? Because now they'll, you know, just be grateful to have a job again.
1: Right. There's one more line in this uh, Vice article. It's written by Matthew Galt. Um, quote, according to Walmart, this change will foster the constant communication that is essential for our business. And, and that's just a real uh, bleak set of words there. Um, like a retail job does not require constant communication. You do not have to be plugged into that 24 7. And that's a, a point made in the article that, you know, th- this sort of thing is you're used to hearing it about office work and about, uh, you know, workers with white collar jobs, but for retail, you know, one of the few saving graces of that job is supposed to be the fact that once you clock out, you are gone from the job, you go home, you don't have to think about it even, you know, there's not something that you'll be, uh, like you don't have homework.
2: <laughs> yeah. But- no, that, that's exactly correct. I think it's, that's what's particularly insidious about it that you're now taking the you're now taking the ethos of a job that ideally not in many cases but ideally pays better and has better benefits and has more opportunities for advancement and so on and you're applying it to a job that has none of those things mm-hmm. that's I mean it's not very surprising to say that that's bad like we know that
1: now, Walmart far from the only company that is like trying to watch their workers and keep track of their workers doings, you know, inside and out of the workplace. There was a Guardian article last December by Rachel Connolly that um sort of makes an important case that while a lot of this talk of workplace surveillance is often associated with the technology that's being used to do it, there's a long history of this. This goes back to um, Taylorism and you know the early ideas about how best to run a factory and how to get the most out of your assembly line. Um, they note um, in in this article that uh, Microsoft 365, which is a software package that um, is for um, productivity. And all of the ways uh, that we know what that word means. Um, I
2: I like that it's named a productivity suite or productivity software. Because the assumption there, you know, the the linguistic implication is that whatever you do with it, it's productive. It's like I live in a town that calls its court justice court. So no matter what happens there, it's justice, right?
1: Yeah. I I, I thought you were going to go the... uh Route of pointing out that 365 implies no off days, you know, in a year. You're going to be productive 365 days out of the year.
2: Well, we are getting more 365 integration in my workplace. And we are also coincidentally having our schedule shift further and further into weekends and off days and that sort of thing. So, yeah, pretty much accurate.
1: And what what this app provides to managers is the ability to measure how many emails people are sending and who they are communicating with. And it was discovered that it also allows you to like build an individual profile of workers to know how much they're participating in group chats and how much they're contributing to shared documents. You know, they're measuring how fast people can type. We're starting to get in that uh, territory, the cliched territory of Orwellian. Yeah. Where-
2: So here's the thing, right? Mm -hmm. The thing that struck me about the article was actually the part, uh, Connolly begins it by talking about a bad boss she had. Big surprise. Um, But talking about how he was a micromanager, right? And what struck me about that is that this has been, this is a tale as old as time. Bosses have always, 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 as one of their major problems, no matter what labor system, like pre-capitalism, one of their major issues with making people work for them has been that they can't trust people to do work that sucks. You just can't because it sucks to do. If it didn't, you would be doing it instead. So mm-hmm. because they can't trust people to do it, they have to figure out you know, how to surveil people or how to compel them or how to terrify them into doing the work. And doing it well and doing it even when you're not watching and all of those other things. But the problem we have now is that a lot of bosses seem to have not figured out that they're bosses and that that's their job. And they don't like doing that job anymore. So if they can – because it makes them feel like they're bad people. They are. But they don't want to admit that to themselves. They want to be able to look in the mirror and go to sleep normally and not hate themselves for the terrible things they do at work every day. So what they do instead is they outsource it to a piece of technology because that's morally neutral, right? The, it, mm-hmm. If Microsoft 365 is telling me that this person isn't doing certain things, well, I didn't notice that. I didn't go into your office and go you know, look over your shoulder and creep on you to figure that out. The computer told me that. That's not my fault. It's a tool. It's a neutral tool. Mm-hmm. Now, what I choose to do with that information will not change. I, and I was also struck by the fact that the other day, um, a couple of weeks ago when I was at work, I was just you know merrily typing away where I work. There's a door behind me that abuts uh, into an adjoining room and I just heard the door open. And you know how you can feel when there's somebody standing in a doorway? Yes. Like it, the air is blocked. It's not flowing the way that it should. The temperature is off. So I just kind of waited a few seconds and nothing that the, the person standing there, obviously standing there says nothing. And finally, I said, yes. And hand to God, the person on the other end, my boss, replied, just looking through doors. (laughs) What the hell does that even mean? It's the weirdest thing that
1: has ever happened to me. There are not many other contexts where you could get away with, you know, that sort of behavior. Yep. No, I... I think I may have told this story on the show before, but I'll tell it again because it's very relevant. Um, before my current supervisor, who um, is entirely happy to just watch Joe Rogan videos all day in his office, I had a, <laughs> I had a supervisor who was much more hands-on. He was the micromanager sort. And the supervisor's office is like 10 feet to my left as I'm doing my job in, in this kitchen. And luckily I did not. My shifts and his shifts didn't overlap all that much, but something that is like etched in my brain is the image of one day him sitting in his chair, just staring at me as I did my job, obviously looking at what I was doing. And, you know, I'd been there a couple of years by that point. I, I knew what I was doing. I did not need this level of surveillance. And I don't think anybody really does for a job of this sort. My workplace... They have taken to installing, at one point, a security camera that uh, in the break room because, you know, they want to deter people from taking breaks. And this was explained to me, though uh, I don't think it should have been, that um, it wasn't plugged into anything. It was entirely a decoy. It was just to create the illusion of surveillance, which is somehow worse, even. Yeah, it's...
2: Well, because it always feels like you're, you're falling for it, right? Because mm-hmm. these workplaces, these bosses, these companies, they all have access to this information. They all, you know, uh, confirm, And they all know that they can manipulate psychology, especially in this country, because schooling and culture in this country is very much built to make you somebody who wants nothing more Than to satisfy the boss. And resisting that. And I I have a lot of sympathy for people. Who seem to have the right values. But just cannot stop. um, What's the safe term to you? I guess sucking up. Um, Because it's difficult to resist. That kind of conditioning. It is an active thing you have to do. Especially if your work isn't the kind of thing. That we think sucks to do. Mm -hmm. Like from the get go. Um, But they all know. That they can manipulate you. Into doing that, I, I remember a few years back somebody pointed out that all of those companies that were lauded as progressive because they had unlimited sick days, what ended up happening is they just created a competition to see who could use the least. Mm. Because yeah. now it was, oh well, you can take as many as you want. So each one that you do take is proof that you're a weaker worker. So it, mm. it, it, it when when even other coworkers are willing to snitch on you and degrade you, I mean. It's almost a wonder they need these tools at all. Or maybe, maybe it's proof that maybe workers are beginning to realize that they should have solidarity with each other. And so you can't recur necessarily to them to inform on the –
0: hmm,
1: what an interesting idea. And and the thing about that sick days thing is you don't even need to – create a competition like that to have the same effect. Like naturally there are going to be workers who feel guilty taking sick days, even when it is entirely within their right, because they're worried about how it will look. We are so conditioned to wanting to look good for the bosses because we know that they hold our jobs on the line. They have complete control over, you know, how many, how many hours you work or if you have a job at all. Um, This article by Rachel Connolly, you know, she writes, uh, I I think crucially that, uh, quote, surveillance isn't created by technology, but rather facilitated by it. It has been said that COVID has accelerated these practices, but perhaps the pandemic has simply highlighted the extent to which they always went on. Employers have long correlated workers' efficiency with their visibility, and this logic has followed through to the modern workplace. As far back as 1915, contraption called the modern efficiency desk, a flat metal desk that could be installed in rows was designed so that clerks who previously used wooden desks surrounded by stacks of paper were more exposed while working and could therefore be more easily monitored.
2: Which sounds a lot like, you know, the standing desk is, uh, was a fad a few years ago because then you could clearly see what the person was doing. And, you know, that idea of like, it, you should be as uncomfortable as possible. If you're sitting in a chair, you're being lazy. Uh, you're not suffering enough. Yeah, it's. I, I was struck by that line about it being about visibility. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Because everyone... Okay, I guess I'm not going to get out of this first segment without saying it. So I teach for a living. <laughs> uh, I tried. A thousand it's,
1: punching out listeners check
2: off their big... Bingo <laughs> there it code. is, yep. Yeah, didn't set a PR today, but I'll try again next week. <laughs> Anyway, point being, any education, anything written about education in like the last 20 years will make a big deal out of how you shouldn't be focusing on the product or you shouldn't be focusing on the kids who look like they're working hard. You should see who's actually trying, who's understanding the material. You should design things so that you're not looking for visible work but for good work, that you're not looking for kids to – be making a lot of effort but to you know understand the material and i have my pedagogical gripes with that not entirely but i do but working in a school you see the limits of that philosophy because if it were true that that's what you want to do then that would be how we are treated but we are not because our bosses again with you know the the story i just told i don't know that he was actively trying to do that but he definitely thought that it was perfectly fine to just poke his head into my classroom and be like, hmm, I wonder if Noah's working right now. And I'm just sitting there, like, typing on my computer, not turning – like, I had to take time out of my work day to turn around and – But it's not helpful to either of us. You reduced my productivity to make sure that I was being productive. And in fact, a lot of these efforts, I think, do that because I think ultimately a lot of these bosses, what they want is, you know, the, the positive feedback of, oh, I, I did a management today, you know? I, I did, because they conflate management and leadership. And so they go, oh, I I was a good leader today. I did a management. I checked on my employees. And I I guess that's a real seductive thing to think for some of them.
1: All right. There's a an idea Mark Fisher wrote about, which I'm going to badly paraphrase here, that uh, a lot of work has been replaced by the appearance of work or by the work that goes into making work measurable so that it can be quantified and used by managers to uh, measure workers against each other. And this isn't about productivity, like you said, you know, it often hinders productivity, it gets in the way of actually being productive. But there's so much, uh, you know, you might say red tape that goes into ensuring and formalizing that, yes, I did my job today, so that XYZ manager has proof that Noah did his job today. And it's it's a layer of abstraction away from what the job actually is and should be.
2: Yeah. I mean, there there's a reason that in teaching you see so much burnout and every single teacher has the same story when they leave. It's always, I love teaching, but I love the kids, but I love being in the classroom, but, and like, there's no change in that. That's been the case. uh, This is going to be, this is now my 11th year teaching. And over those 11 years, every single fellow teacher I've seen leave the field has the same story. And it's because the management philosophy has only gotten worse. It's only become more formalization, literally formalization, filling out papers, And stuff like that. It's only become more things that take us away from that relationship. And in the meantime, and I know that now we're getting a little bit away from, you know, the the sort of Walmart bubble thing. Where, But this is exactly what's kind of messed up. In our case, we're supposed to be paid better and have better benefits and all that because we're doing a job that requires thinking about in our off hours. And we're doing a job that, you know, is supposed to alter the future of the nation. So you kind of understand where maybe people want to make sure that you dot every I and cross every T. But taking that and putting it on a job where you're like helping somebody find the right size on a t shirt, I'm not saying that's not a, a helpful thing, quite mm-hmm. the opposite. But taking that and putting it and, and taking that ethos and putting it on people who, frankly, physically speaking, do much harder work than I do and who already have, uh, uh, you know, way more stories. A, a person who's worked a year at Walmart has more stories about terrible customers than I ever will in in teaching. Taking that ethos and putting it on those people is a war crime. Especially considering, especially considering that we're talking about Walmart, a store, a, a business that, as we've talked in a previous episode of Punching Out, cuts hours, cuts staff every single year, um, to where many places, you know, there are shifts where the only Walmart employees or a couple of stackers and the person doing the person checking you out as you leave so that, you know, you didn't steal anything because they also don't trust you, the customer, even though you're supposed to be always right. Um, so this is a company that already takes excessive steps to cut labor costs. And now on top of that, they are adding another thing that makes the job suck even harder. Uh, and yeah. again, the they're expected to do that. That's their job. The fact that the entire media, except for, as we saw here, Vice and and a couple other outlets that are generally good on labor issues, reported on it with, look at this, what a great company we've got here, is a sign that this country is terminally deceased.
1: All right. Um, We're going to take a break here. We've got a lot of paperwork to fill out to make sure that that segment got done properly. A lot of Um, TPS reports. Yeah. But uh, when we come back, we'll we'll talk a bit about... uh, one of the other major companies that uh, is involved in this sort of surveillance and you will not be surprised who it is
0: you're listening to punching out on w a y o l p rochester if you'd like to
1: continue slacking off you can find all of our past episodes on itunes and soundcloud remember your boss isn't listening but we are Welcome back to Punching Out. I'm Ryan, joined still by Noah. Still high, y'all. We talked in the first segment about uh, surveillance in the workplace, um, and we talked about how it's a long-standing trend. You know, it it isn't created by new technology, though. New technology has certainly helped employers' cause, and you're seeing it most frequently, I think, at these big tech companies who naturally have to innovate. They always have to be finding new ways to uh, treat their workers poorly. And naturally Amazon is at the forefront of this. Um, Another article from vice, this one from March 23rd by Lauren Cowrie Gurley headline, Amazon delivery drivers forced to sign biometric consent form or lose job. Biometric Uh, consent, not a good phrase.
2: phrase. Yep.
1: We do not like that.
2: Nope. That, uh, when Jeff Bezos finally gets what's coming to him, that it the fact that that phrase had to be used at any point
1: by his company should be its own independent charge. Some of the details about what that consent entails, uh, to quote from the article, Amazon delivery drivers nationwide have to sign a biometric consent form this week that grants the tech behemoth permission to use AI-powered cameras to access driver's location, movement, and biometric data. If the company... Delivery drivers, who number around 75,000 in the United States, refuse to sign these forms. They lose their jobs. The form requires drivers to agree to facial recognition and other biometric data collection within the trucks they drive. So Amazon putting its facial recognition tech to good use once again. Um, you may recall an episode a few years back about recognition with a K their facial recognition technology that I believe they were handing out to police departments and or the United States military um,
2: because quite appropriately once it recognizes you with a K you get your head ripped off
1: and now it is being turned on Amazon's employees because naturally that's a Gotta do something you know, unlike the police and military there's not even a modicum of democratic input over the use of this tech by employers
2: by the way, I just want to point out because the, the Vice article that you're talking about includes screenshots of the vehicle technology agreement in here. Mm-hmm. And uh, aside from the fact that this is a disturbing amount of information to have access to about anybody, least of all an employee, like if you don't – I don't want to give them ideas. But if you don't have medical authority over somebody, there's no reason for you to know any of this. But also, I want to point out that a second crime is that this document has several links pasted in as full text.
1: And Amazon, of all places, should know better.
2: Exactly. But, you know, again, they don't want to do their jobs. So, you know. Anyway, let's talk more about why this is bad.
1: Um, The reasons for this should be obvious. Uh, Just like nobody wants to be watched by their boss with the door open, uh At work, they don't want to be watched on camera by an invisible boss at the other end of a video feed in some ways that's even worse because video can be accessed whenever and wherever it can be brought up against workers who you know may not have known that they were being watched it you know it's going to create a level of discomfort for a lot of these workers who nevertheless don't really have a choice in the matter because The alternative is to lose their jobs. Right. There's something particularly – something that made me particularly furious in here.
2: They have a quote from Deborah Bass, who is a spokesperson for Amazon. And Deborah says in this segment um, that they piloted the technology and the results produced – and here I'm quoting – remarkable driver and community safety improvements. Accidents decreased 48%. Stop sign violations decreased 20%, driving without a seatbelt decreased 60%, and distracted driving decreased 45%. Don't believe the self-interested critics who claim that these cameras are intended for anything other than safety. And the thing is, if you've been reading up on Amazon drivers' working conditions, first of all, most of them, I think all of them, they don't actually work for Amazon, they work for Amazon partner companies. That basically agreed to let Amazon run their business, but are still liable for all the taxes and all the other horrible crap that happens to a business. Number one, number two, there was an article a while back I remember talking about how terrible it was to be an Amazon dispatcher because you had to tell delivery drivers like, "I know you're already like, I I know you're already overloaded. I know you're you know you haven't got any sleep." We knew this already about truckers and other kinds of long haul drivers, but mm-hmm. now specifically about Amazon ones, um, dispatchers having to tell them, like, I need you to speed up the, the software saying you need to speed up. So, you know what else would reduce distracted driving and stop sign violations and other kinds of you know safety difficulties is making it a better job, mm-hmm. paying them better, giving them better working conditions, working them less that would probably have a pretty big impact on safety but they're not going to do that uh because they saw the positive press they got for you know 15 dollars an hour and for the amazon uh the the option to buy amazon stock and whatever the hell else that they did um or sorry that that was the one that they took away the share of amazon they took that away Mm -hmm. so they saw that and they figured well now we don't need to make an effort we can just Uh, make drivers give us this so that we have even more power over them and by the way i would add that if you're a person who's on the receiving end of one of these safety issues if god forbid you know uh, say i don't know part of your house gets plowed into by a delivery truck or something like that i'm betting you anything that that video footage is going to be amazon's exhibit a b and c why they're not liable Mm -hmm. they're going to say we did everything to prevent this from happening It's the driver's fault they should have to pay.
1: Well, they haven't really done everything to prevent it from happening. I know that may surprise you. You can knock me over with a feather. Yeah. Another... Vice article, this one by Edward Angueso Jr. from February, writes that uh, for years it has been well documented that Amazon's delivery network has prioritized near instantaneous delivery times over safety. 2019, Caroline O'Donovan and Ken Bensinger reported for BuzzFeed News how Amazon created a system that shed costs and liability by using third-party companies to directly pick up and deliver from Amazon facilities. Amazon's system goes further than gig companies such as Uber, that it contracts companies who hire drivers, meaning Amazon divorces itself from the people delivering its packages. And so all of this pressure that is created because of these quotas that drivers have to meet results in them cutting corners and... They're going to drive less safely. Uh, Mm -hmm. Continuing from the article, BuzzFeed News' reporting found that pressures to meet Amazon's demanding targets were so extreme that drivers piled parcels so high on their dashboards that windshields were obscured. Mm -hmm. These are conscious choices being made by Amazon. They knew the risks of this, and instead of, like, reducing the pace of work, um, it's also written how they've had drivers, like, walking across highways to deliver packages quicker because that's the only way they can do it in time. Um, We we talked about uh, their new furniture delivery options for drivers uh, who have to assemble Ikea furniture in 12 minutes or less to get back to their, um, you know, Noah is shaking his head.
2: I I got nothing. It's one of the reasons that I was away from the show for a while. I won't say it's the major one, but one of them is that um, basically anything I had to say would be too depressing, <laughs> and this is definitely one of those cases where it's like the last year and a half you know, really should have taught us that we only have each other and that we only ever have each other. And instead what it seems to have taught a lot of us, regardless of our politics, is that as long as something is like a boon to you, as long as you get fun or service out of something, then it's fine and you don't have to question it. And so you're going to like Amazon offers these options because they know that there's going to be no pushback. They know that at no point is any of these things going to be a no from their customers. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't put these they, they go into these things knowing that they can push their drivers and push their employees that much farther because nobody is going to. And I mean, I'm including myself here, but like there are certain times when almost everybody's going to have to order from them which puts us all in the position of you know how much of a hypocrite am I willing to be mm-hmm. and the result of that is that even if we're very you know clear on the abuses the it always dampens the pushback right. and so now you have the situation that you have because even though we've all been living off Amazon or a, a good number of us have been living off places like Amazon for a year and a half uh, only, only really decreasing in about the last six months or so, it, it kind of entrenched itself as a thing that that's acceptable, I guess.
1: Right. And yeah, and part of what shields them from accountability is that they've created this neat little legal setup where, despite micromanaging all these aspects of their drivers' jobs, because they aren't technically the drivers' employers, they don't have to. Uh, have any legal liability for the driver's actions, you know, the unsafety of what a driver may do. Uh, And now they have these cameras to say, Hey, this is the driver's fault. This isn't on us. You know, we're not even employing this guy. He's just working for a contractor. Which I think if you told somebody in like the 1700s or something
2: like that, that here's this company and here are these trucks that go around. First of all, you'd have to explain what a truck is, and they would die instantly. But if you could get them through that, um, here's this company, and here's this truck that drives and delivers goods on behalf of this company. And this company's logo, like their little imprimatur and everything, is on here. But they are not employees of that company. I think a lot of them would be like, "That's like privateering," you know. Like it, this is definitely one of those innovations that didn't need to happen. The fact that you can put the responsibilities to deal with all this stuff on somebody else, but you can put your own imagery on there. Like delivery companies existed before. There was no need to, if you're going to do that, you don't get to put the Amazon arrow or the smile or whatever the hell it is called now. You don't get to put that on them. I'm sorry. It should not be allowed. This is one of the few times I'll ever say reject modernity.
1: (laughs) And Amazon can't even claim that they weren't aware of the problem. Because um, as the ProPublica article reports, uh, quote, just as the company began to build its delivery network six years ago, a delivery van carrying Amazon packages struck a cyclist in a San Francisco suburb. The cyclist was Joy Covey, Amazon's first chief financial officer. She was killed leaving behind a young son. And despite that, despite colleagues who knew this woman, uh, You know, working for Amazon, nothing was done to change their practices of not giving drivers even proper training for the routes they were driving so that they could do it, perform the job safely. You know, what do you even say about that? It's ridiculous. I mean, there's no incentive,
2: right? Mm -hmm. If you work for Amazon, you work for how much trouble do I get us in if I say one of the most evil organizations anywhere on the planet? Right. Like, does that, you know, it's. And and I'm not saying that that necessarily reflects on you. But what I am saying is that every possible incentive is in your way. Like, yeah, you might know this lady and you might say, "Okay, well, clearly that was terrible. But where do you even begin to fix the problem? I mean, I don't, you know, Jeff Bezos is off freaking doing um
1: space travel.
2: Yeah, space travel. And before that, he was doing public relations by... Personally delivering a package in India, you know, Uh, this is the kind of thing and and, uh, having his own pet newspaper write little op-eds about how you shouldn't soak billionaires and you shouldn't ask them to pay their fair share um, because he doesn't. And, uh, you know, even though uh, whatever, I don't want to get into his legend here. But the point being, the company is kind of it's almost like inertial at this point it's going to get worse because there's so much money and so much stuff moving through there that well it's kind of like an oncoming truck there's not much you can do to stop it and you know all even if you're a good person who wants to stop it and you happen to be at a high enough level that you can affect change somewhere in the amazon power structure there's going to be a lot of people working against you and there's going to be a lot of things working against you one of which is you're not going to want to lose your job. That is the one thing I'm betting right now that will put you in the same position as a driver who happens to unbuckle his seatbelt or as a driver who, you know, runs a stop sign because he has to get to this next house on time or his quota will drop from whatever it has to be. And then out of nowhere, somebody will knee strike his liver.
1: So, all right. You know, you mentioned Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. In the Washington Post uh, earlier this month, a headline: uh, Amazon warehouse workers suffer serious injuries at higher rates than other firms. Uh, they just did a study of OSHA data that since 2017, compared to other warehouses, Amazon is injuring their workers at a significantly higher rate. Uh, that are paying and, these and workers Jeff, less than these work.
2: And and boys. Jeff Bezos lets his own newspaper print this. Well, he must be one of the good billionaires then because, I mean, wouldn't a bad one not let that happen? This is a serious line that you do (laughs) get on occasion. You got it more during the Trump years because you know, then we all pretended that literal Lex freaking Luther over here was one of the good ones. But uh, you do hear that sometimes from people and it's like the question that I would ask there is, does it change anything? Did it change anything? Like did you – because you read this article, did your opinion on Amazon change? Did you decide to do anything about Amazon? Did you decide to organize, find out where Amazon workers in your community might be organizable? Did you decide uh, literally anything? And since the answer is going to be no, we know why Jeff Bezos allows these stories to be printed. It's because who cares? You could put that Amazon warehouses. Here's this is not even an allegation. I'm making stuff up here to be clear. But you could put that Amazon warehouses, you know, kill workers at a rate of one per day or whatever in the Washington post, it wouldn't change anything. Nobody would do anything about it. Ergo, it's as if they hadn't polished it. So you can do it and get the little bonus point, the little Brownie point, I guess I should say from like, Oh, see, they had to put in the story that Jeff Bezos owns the Washington post. So you can see that we're doing fair and balanced reporting.
1: We've gotten a bit off the subject of surveillance, but don't worry. There's more. These are stories from late last year. Uh, Two headlines also, again, in Vice. Lauren Kyrie Gurley is, again, the writer on these stories. Uh, One, inside Amazon's secret program to spy on workers' private Facebook groups. And two, Amazon is hiring an intelligence analyst to track labor organizing threats. Did we talk about this intelligence analyst thing at some other point? It seems like the sort of thing we would have talked about. I, I think we
2: talked about a similar program somewhere else that was the one where you could like um that was the one where the union consultants could break down the data to see if you were
1: like all these different things yes yes they had like a risk map
2: yes and some of them were like your ethnicity or whatever made you inherently riskier which
1: okay fine doing doing the data like specifically singled out samoans as i recall (laughs) it was weird oh man
2: amazon at the nfl draft (laughs)
1: another organization that has issues with uh, defining people on the basis of their race. I digress.
2: (laughs) Supposedly not anymore. They stopped.
1: Yes. Amazon. This is some more old fashioned form of worker surveillance. Instead of like trying to quote unquote, keep them safe with your cameras. You're just trying to make sure that they aren't organizing a union. Um, So this article from last September starts this way. Tuesday, after news that Amazon was hiring an intelligence analyst to identify labor organizers went viral, the company said that the job listing was made, quote, in error. But internal documents, reports, and an online tool left on the open internet and viewed by Motherboard shows that Amazon has for years had a sophisticated secret program and team to spy on its workers in closed Facebook groups. So even at ostensibly one of their tech competitors you are under the eye of bezos
2: yeah first of all let's start with the fact that this is straight up pinkerton stuff like this mm-hmm. is real this is real molly Maguire's level labor work or anti-labor work i guess i should say um second of all you, I, I did i promise i read the article before and everything did it say how they were getting into these closed groups were they just you know faking being an amazon worker who was Interested in labor organizing, and you know, uh, trust me. How do you do, fellow
1: dissatisfied Amazon workers? Was it that sort of thing? Well, I'll quote from the article. Uh, among the files left online is a document called "Social Media Monitoring" that lists closed Amazon Flex driver Facebook groups and websites across the world, as well as open Flex driver subreddits and the Twitter keyword "Amazon Flex." 43 of the Facebook groups are run by drivers in different cities in the U.S. Um, Amazon seemingly asked employees to keep this monitoring secret. A login page included in the file says the information related to different posts reported out from various social forms are classified. Do not share without proper authentication. So, you know, they wanted to have these back channels to follow what their workers were doing without their workers knowing because once they know it defeats the purpose.
2: Yeah. We've we've talked before about things like uh, what was it the target deliveries shipped, right? Oh, shipped. We pass. talked about that. Yeah. Um yeah. We talked about how they had the the shipped mates forums and things like that and mm-hmm. how each of these things has like their own little And at first it's fine and then the workers start using it for the purpose. Like here's the thing I don't understand because you can tell me if your experience is different. But I grew up in the era – in the heyday of internet forums. And if you start a forum for your delivery service and you're shocked that the workers for that delivery service are using it to moan about everything you do, I don't think you understand what internet forums are. (laughs) Like right. that, is, that is working as designed. design. That is what they do. Oh, look at that. That must be an Amazon driver. Um, uh, rushing to meet the quota right there. Anyway, point being, this is yet another example of how employers can't let you have anything nice. They can't let you have any opportunity to talk to other workers. Um, And one linkage that I didn't actively make in the last one, and it's not really relevant here anyway because these are drivers. Like they have physical work that they're doing. But part of the reason for that formalization and that abstraction is that it takes up your time. During this year, because so many of those obligations that would normally be paper intensive or mailbox intensive or walking intensive, where you had to go across the building and things like that, because those were turned into electronic forms – Suddenly, a lot of us found ourselves with a lot more time on our hands to talk to each other. And definitely, as the year wore on, we got the sense that a lot of our bosses don't like that. So any one of the reasons for the, you know, incredible pace of work that they're putting these people through is simply that the time sink means and and the, the, the resulting energy sink means that you don't get to talk to other workers as much. You don't get to organize with them as much. And then... If you also know that anything that looks like a community for you, Amazon is also spying on, then that even takes away one of the few possibilities you have for that solidarity. Hmm. So they kind of get you – pardon me. They kind of get you coming and going there. Right. And of course
1: that's exactly how they want it. Mm-hmm. It, it's a safe bet that that Walmart app doesn't have any way for uh, employees to communicate with each other. There's not going to be like a uh, text chain that you can get in on that app that uh, will allow you to do things that they might not like with each other. There, there's some real uh, dystopian stuff in this Vice article on Amazon's uh, monitoring here. Um, quote, These posts are monitored by something called the Advocacy Operations Social Listening Team, according to one document on the website titled Social Listening SOP." According to that document, people on the listening team are supposed to capture posts written by Amazon Flex drivers who are known as delivery partners or DPs, categorize them, investigate them or flag them for investigation and add them to a report. Posts can be monitored in real time on a live tool and are sorted into one of dozens of different categories, including app issue, media coverage, marketing, DP feedback, and a host of others. I don't like any of this. I I especially
2: don't like that we started off with capture posts. I know it refers to a screen capture or do you know that kind of thing, but no, no, too violent. Please, you're, you're some nerd sitting there and, like, digging through. No, you're not capturing your damn thing. Anyway, yeah, I read the social listening. First of all, social listening. Again, you're not listening. You're reading. It's called reading. <laughs> but so, so already we're redefining. Try to pay attention to a language we've all agreed on. But I do kind of like the idea of, like, somebody sitting there and he's like, you know what, I don't like to get these posts on the screen. You know, the blue light just hurts my eyes. I'm going to do it in audiobook form. Just text-to-speech, the whole thing. Uh, just – mm, every use of language in this entire document is it, it, is a crime against workers, a crime against the English language, a crime against you and me because we had to read this, a crime against the journalists who had to write this article.
1: It, it's just – it, it's almost a crime against the workers who have to do this – extensive data entry work they have tables and charts and bar graphs there's pie charts there are all these different like usages of microsoft excel here that are being put towards the purpose of making sure drivers aren't complaining making sure that drivers aren't getting too close to the red line of organization
2: yes The, the red line very nice um i have two things on that First of all, as somebody who discovered very late on in life that I actually do have something of a talent for things like data entry, for things like retrieval, for things like, you know, synthesizing and analyzing large amounts I don't know why this was such trouble. I'm a classicist by trade, but um, having a capability for synthesizing and analyzing large amounts of data and then visualizing it, pulling out the important bits and so on. I am infuriated that this is the only kind of work you get to do now. You only get to do that if you are serving the worst people on the planet. Number one, that's, that's part one. Part two is that you know why all those bar charts and pie charts and all this other stuff exists, right? Why there are histograms and scatter plots everywhere. And it's because you just said it. It's Microsoft Excel, which is part of the Microsoft 365 suite. So <laughs> they're all getting tracked on all of those individual metrics by their bosses so they all have to keep that <laughs> stuff up, so that they don't get fired. So it, it's a very nice sort of um, food chain. The, the, yeah, the poop is rolling downhill in even more uh, sort of. Uh, no intended, it's a corporate centipede ex- of,
1: of, of surveillance. So
2: if, somehow, somehow, you took the the <laughs> the <Sorry>. disgusting <laughs> metaphor I was already using, and then you made it worse. I don't believe this,
1: but hats
2: off you manage that
1: <laughs> i apologize um no no
2: no no we, he apologizes i do not
1: so all of this is to say that uh your boss is probably spying on you too your boss may know that you're listening to this episode that they, they as our tagline suggests are not listening to the episode itself but if you're doing this on your work time your boss might have a good idea that you are um and if not, you might
2: want to look at the closest door. Your boss might just be looking through it. Mm-hmm.
1: Which um, is a roundabout way of saying, do not do your labor organizing on Slack, because bosses have been known to uh, follow those channels. Yeah, That's
2: right. it it is very. Uh, I don't want to say it is what it is properly, the way that it's usually meant, <laughs> but like there's a reason that we're, that it's such an uphill battle to organize workers as amazon workers more than anybody know in recent you know months Mm -hmm. and it's because bosses and ryan stay with me here following cheat Hmm. because the game of organizing right is we is is trying to get your fellow workers to fear the prospect of what happens if you don't get a union more than they currently fear their bosses and the way that the playing field is tilted right now, that might be the most uphill battle ever. Uh, or rather, it might be the most uphill it's ever been. Because they have these advanced technological tools. They have all the money in the world to do it. If they don't, their boss company does. If your local trucking company doesn't because they deliver for Amazon, Amazon has the money to do it for them. And they can make sure that all the liabilities continue with you know the the, the business that's nearby. It, they have all of the conferences that they all go to. They have all of the powerful friends. They have all the Pinkertons and union consultants and all of the you know weird job listings that are – because, by the way, that intelligence analyst job listing got pulled because it was, quote-unquote, in error. <laughs> so you've got – they have all of these tools. And I know I said this at the beginning of the episode. We only have each other, and the last year and a half has proven that sometimes we don't even really have Even when we say we do, it's kind of bleak, but it is a first step. Once you realize that, and once you can get other people to internalize it, I think that is the first necessary condition to organize.
1: Yeah. Um, You you said bosses cheat and that Amazon workers, more than anybody, should know this. To put it in concrete terms for the listeners who might not be intimately familiar with the details as we are, it was reported- after the Alabama union election resulted in a defeat for the union at one of Amazon's warehouses in that state. About a month later, it was reported that um, a mailbox that was supposed to be accessible only to the USPS was unlocked by two Amazon security guards during a contentious union election. And so this is the mailbox where they were dropping off ballots in that election. This is, you know, this is a mailbox that was installed at the behest of one of Amazon's VPs so that, you know, at the very least, there would be the impression that Amazon was watching over workers as they delivered their ballots. It's surveillance all the way down. I'm not going to repeat the metaphor, but I think that's as good a place as any to um, end this episode. For this week, I'm Ryan. I was Noah. This was Punching Out. Punching Out.
0: Your boss isn't listening, but we are.